Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cyber Inspiration Podcast. My name is Evgeny. I've been around cybersecurity for the last 20 years, and I have a lot of experience working with a variety of cybersecurity vendors. In my main work, I do vendor consulting and advisory for companies. As part of my mission in technology and cyber, I always intrigued to learn how a company starts. I started the podcast to understand the thinking process and what motivated people to start their own company. This podcast is also affiliated with Security Architecture Podcast. I have a pleasure today to talk to Vladi about his journey in cyber and what motivated him to start his own company. Vladi, can you please tell me about yourself? Evgeny, thank you for inviting me. Nice to meet you. My name is Vladi Sandler. I'm the CEO and the co-founder at Lightspin. It's not actually me. You didn't just meet. We know each other for some time, but it's nice to record together, I guess, again. Yeah, the first time. that's true. That's true. So I always like to ask kind of the cyber part. What motivates her? What's the cyber part? If you can do an elevator pitch about what you guys do. So actually, you have two questions, and I would love to answer both of them. So from elevator pitch, Lightspin, we're really unique technology in the domain of cloud security under a category called CNAP, Cloud Native Application Protection Platform. What is unique about it is our graph-based deep dive technologies that have two main unique value propositions. A, click to prioritize. B, click to remediate any kind of reason that you have today from your infrastructure service to your Kubernetes from CACD security to runtime in one holistic solution. Great. This is a, actually a better page, right? Under the minute. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I'm wondering, and this is about focus about motivation, what happened several years ago that put you on the path to start the company? Walk us through. Yeah, I think that Sokoe said it once that the best entrepreneurs are people who solve their own problems. And our story is pretty simple. Basically, Oroz Razal, the CTO and the co-founder and myself, we do offensive cloud security for the last 10 years. And we pretty much suffer from cloud security, if you think about it. A lot of challenge from posture management, security design, implementation, and penetration testing. We did all the cycle for our customers and we knew how to solve the problems, but we cannot handle the scale or the agility you suffer from nowadays. And because we had this knowledge and understanding, the offensive angle of that was it was really useful for when we said that it's a huge machine can be if it can be built in order to solve the problem of posture management in cloud. And that's exactly the story. We, after a lot of years, we decided to stop our journey as an employees, leave everything and just create light. And maybe the most amazing part of my life is to see every time we not only sign a customer, but we have a renewal with customers because that's proof how much value they get from us exactly on the same points I suffer. This is a good part because sticking it is important. And one of the questions I always ask is what happened in your life that shows you you're in the correct path? And you just explained is that if the customer renew, it means they like the solution. But right. before we get there, you got an idea, you know, you saw the problem. You still need to do market validation. You still need to do market research to understand what you're going to build, people are going to buy. So what do you did? We left our last position. It was end of December 2019 before COVID. Or I basically heard in seven years something in China is going on. And the reason for that is because it was a period that people less used LinkedIn as outbound infrastructure for sales. So during January, after we left our positions, and we did basically two moves. One, I brought eToro, which is a crypto and stock exchange 
management platform as a design partner. We come to them and say, let me give you like a penetration testing assessment for your Kubernetes. And they say, sure, we need to do a deployment. No one understands it. Please do it for us. In 20 minutes, we show how we can compromise their cluster. And they become to be our first paid design partner. I will remember for all my life, $6,500 was for us like endless money during this period of life. Second thing we did, we reach out to people in LinkedIn. We literally start to map companies who are using cloud, reach out to them. Sometimes director of cloud, sometimes CISO, sometimes DevOps, you know, different positions. People who were ready to talk to us. And we started just to show them what a couple of slides, what's the problem, what is the right solution, where is the competitive landscape looks like, what's their opinion about it. And we get a crazy response and feedback. So I can share with you that we did an analysis for 45 companies. We put the logos on our slide. When you come to VCs and say, I did it for 10 years, I understand the problem, I know the solution. And here's 45 companies that give me a green light that they do something right, there is no investor in the world who can argue that. Great. Okay. So you have a solution. You have an idea. You run it by people. You did some even showing that it's working. What do you do next? Do you hire people? Do you start developing? Do you raise money? That's exactly the point. So we kind of people, we are hands-on. So yes, the first month was really about developing some prototype in Python, basically some collection, some basic analysis and a lot of manual work. But after we complete the validation and build our pitch deck and get already the paid design partner, I keep brought this kind of one-time scans paid design partners and I start to raise my fund, my seed actually. It was pretty quick. We established the company in February, 2020 because we want to get some money from those people. In March 2020, we signed $4 million check. Nice. Validation is basically the best way to show seed investors who have the biggest risk in investment of why there is no risk in investment. When you started to hire people after you realized the money, and I'm always wondering, because it's easy to hire people, it's not easy to hire the right people. Did you create some value? Did you create some kind of a process to make sure the people you're hiring are going to stay with the company and contribute for a long time? I think that our story is a little bit different because think about the timeline, right? We're talking about March 2020, I signed a term sheet. There is no due diligence to do because it's a company. So April 2020, I got $4 million in my bank account and it's COVID outside. No one have a work. All the Recruitment processes stopped. We find ourselves in situations that we, in two weeks, we hired all our team, which are brilliant, amazing people working for the company until now. That's not something you can do probably post-COVID period. The competition is much harder. So for your question, I think is the biggest point. We succeed to hire the right people really quickly, maybe luck, maybe timing, because of what's going on on the market. But how do you know the right people? Do you have a methodology to ask? You have partners. You need to agree what you want. Then the different personality. Maybe people similar to you. How do you decide? The first people you bring into the team are engineers. Two of them been friend of us, so it was a really short process. Two of them, we just interview people, and there were a lot of good developers who just completed their education in the best universities in Israel, but they stuck on the process to Google, Microsoft, or PayPal. So probably if he's an advanced process in PayPal or Google, he definitely can work for me. 
right? It's the same for him. It's not that you're looking for some rising star with 15 years of experience in decade of full stack development. You're looking for people who literally going to just write the first code. Your goal is to bring an MVP. And that kind of skills that you know to bring probably with smart guys, that the first validation about them graduated from the right places in Israel. And that's exactly what we did. Okay, you developing a product, you're moving forward. In one point, you understand that you need to start marketing the product, even maybe before you don't have anything complete, because if you have the product already, you may need to spend time to market. So I think that there is different elements and different strategies to do this move. First of all, not only you developing a product as a CEO who is responsible on the go-to-market, during those first months, you have the most important task. The most important task is bring data. As more data you bring, as better product you will develop an MVP. So I can tell you that in our first three months, we already been deployed in 15 customers, not paying customers, but 15 customers, including names like Blackstone and SAP. The ability to collect data about cloud environment, real life cloud environments, brought you in understanding, right? How do you build better MVP? Second point from all these 15, we got fused converted to paying customers like GetTech or Next Insurance. You need to keep this relationship going. So it's a both direction responsibility. A lot of startups do, in my opinion, mistake, but a lot of startups do the angle of let's go to the stealth. We'll be in the stealth mode and we did it also. We've been in stealth mode and during the time we've been in stealth mode, we built the infrastructures. I hired three months later, somewhere about it was June, July, we hired our head of marketing. Her first task was to build a website basic messaging, basic content, bring the right PR and prepare for a starting point it was November to announce that we actually there's a new company called Lightspeed, right? Emerge from stealth and all the big noise you know to do. I think that my suggestion today is a little bit more experienced CEO is it stealth mode should be the shortest period you can do. And the reason for that is that as faster you have a website, as faster you can do A-B tests. As faster you can do A-B tests, you get more traffic. Also, it depends on the strategy of the startup, but a lot of companies nowadays, it's difficult to be a company nowadays. More vendor risk assessments, more security questions, more SOC2 questions. And the first validation everyone asks, let's go to the website to see what's going on. So in my opinion, it's smart move to shorten the earliest you can, the shortest period you can, the sales mode. And maybe no go with grandiose PR about uh, we raise money, but definitely starting to run real activity of website and content and see how it can serve you well. After you already have the website, you're out of the stuff and you're already selling to the companies. You still continue to developing, you're still adding features. And what's come here, chicken and egg? Do you tell the customers that already have this feature or you wait until you actually develop the feature and tell the customer you have the feature? Because in some cases, they maybe want the feature, but you already have it yet. I think the first customers you want to bring are the early adopters. And the early adopters understand that it's a give and take process. It's kind of people who understand that they will get some not ready mature solution nowadays, but then believing you to be the next crowd strike, which means tomorrow when other customers will charge you, you will charge them for millions of dollars, they still will pay pennies. 
And then in this case scenario, they will become to be your design partners. Your quotes will talk more about, we guarantee you and promise you is milestones. Also the following features to be included, we call it golden features. And that's something we did in the first year. We brought 20 paying customers in our first sales year, which is pretty good results. And all of them had requests. All of them got the request done because it's part of the story. You need to come to the level of maturity. With running a company and having partners, there's a lot of different tasks. How do you make sure you stay on top of the task and how you make sure you're doing the correct task and the more important task as well. It's a problem. You don't. I think every day, as more decisions you take during the day, as more mistakes you're going to do during the day. So in my personal opinion, you should, first of all, from customer's point of view, you always need to map the most strategic one, probably who pay more money or bigger logo, who can help you to go to the next milestone. But you definitely need to quickly understand what works for you and what's not. And based on that, build better strategy for your second year in order to better execute. It doesn't mean that you don't need to measure that in every queue or half queue, stop and look what you achieved in order to better understand, okay, if it works, let's keep doing it. If it's not, let's do it, people move for a moment a different direction. So that's probably my suggestion is the ability to understand who is more valuable and work within closer and measuring and control better the process. Because there's any advice you can give people to manage tasks between multiple teams because you have sales, R&D, customer success, and they all probably have their own tasks. I think we did a bunch of mistakes there, maybe because we were first timers or, you know, experience also of our teams. I think that we smart move is always to put an expectation when you build a team and to define a plan for a year. As part of the plan, you should put infrastructures on the plan. My suggestion depends, of course, how much money you have. Everything is about resources, right? But who don't have enough budget, in my opinion, HubSpot is a good stack for marketing and sales. Definitely, you should work with Atlassian or any equivalent so you can manage your R&D. It's not a stage that both can really be connected. Later in the process, it's a smart move to definitely use some task management system like Asana or ClickUp. There is a lot. That's how you can do cross-organization planning execution. A lot of time it's working for us really well. And I think that, of course, if you have more funds, you can go much deeper and from day one to deploy Salesforce and deploy better integrations with some ticketing systems and build already more mature infrastructure, which will simplify for you the next step. If you can go two, three years back when you started, what will be the advice you will give to yourself to do something different? Oh, wow. Tough question. I think a lot of advices. But I really think that learn better how to hire people. That's something you learn during the process. And I definitely believe that it always depends on your fundraise. But it's really smart move to build your plan for at least queue ahead or half year ahead and build on this plan exactly what you need to achieve and based on that understand which kind of people you want to bring. I think companies who have more fun definitely should build first of all the management level because strong manager is also strong in execution and he can handle both and can better bring people later, but it will reduce a lot of time and effort to the CEO or CTO. If you don't, it's bottom up, but then it's smart to looking from day one, those people who you understand that you can quickly promote to at least team 
lead positions so they can manage people and again simplify for you a lot of noise the ability to get focus is the biggest challenge co-founder handle during the day and i think it's a smart move to do it right i also believe in advisory boards especially my recommendation is build advisory board who constructed from strong experts in some domain we brought for example gillian etzer today she's in premier 81 she was in simulate before she taught me marketing she gave me all the skills i need to know in order to manage marketing people on the other side it's smart move to bring some ceo co-founder cto who can help you on how to manage board or how to hire people so that probably would be my advice so you're saying not just bring advisor in cybersecurity. you say bring advisors from a different field yes can help you in a different field. So this is a very interesting move because I see majority of the people to bring advisor in cybersecurity versus maybe one in marketing, one in HR, one in somebody, something else. This is a very, very good advice. I like it a lot. I think that it's important point if we will to be dig it. I can tell you that in my personal opinion, if you're a strong expert in your domain, it really doesn't matter in which domain you are, you will handle other domains. And I will give you a good example. If you will look on really successful unicorn companies nowadays, in part of them, even in cybersecurity, in part of the use cases, the VP sales or CRO don't really come from cybersecurity. He know how to manage team. He know how to manage forecast. He know how to build a plan. He has a gap. You need to learn how to sell to CISO or talk to the right language. But if he's a strong leader in his domain, he can do this adaptation pretty quick. So if you know to bring right advisor who know to build stronger organization, you're a B2B company in insurance, definitely someone from FinTech as a category will be helpful, or maybe from cybersecurity if he has strong competition. You don't handle that. So it probably is better to bring someone to your advisory board who was in the same situation exactly. He had a really strong competition and he did some move to win this competition, right? He will give you better advice than some expert in your domain who will say, yeah, you need to talk to him or you need to do like that. Sometimes advisory is a rotation. It's kind of people who you hire for your needs on the current stage you are. Very smart advice. Thank you. We're going to switch gears. We're going to talk about dark side. Or everybody that's still listening, please continue listening. Give us rating, comments. We really would like to hear what you think about the show. And this particular part, is potentially will be closed for Patreon only, but for now it's open for everyone. Vladi, in this section of the podcast, we talk about what went wrong. You don't have to mention names, companies, but we want to hear about potential problems with companies, bad POCs, hiring, or talking to VCs. Something that you basically like, why I'm here, I want to quit and go to Miami and do something else. Okay, it's a roller coaster. That's true. There is mornings you want to shoot your head. I want to tell actually one good story. I really think it's a good story that every time someone asks for advice, I talk about it and it's actually about sales. I think that we, and I mentioned before, we had a really cool story that we got an opportunity to do some work with Blackstone. It was mini design partnership style, which was amazing opportunity in my personal opinion and we learned a lot. But my mistake from day one is that I tried to shoot the big names, right? And when you shoot the big names, what you don't understand is that you quickly become to be a development team 
for this organization and it's not always serve your needs. And that's what's happened. We basically, the features help us in the future even win a customer. But on this stage of our journey, I don't think it was the right design partner or the right feature request we needed to do. We worked with him for six, seven months. And my second mistake was that I never had experience in my life in professional service itself, which is far away from vendor sales, right? And I think the biggest mistake was that I really thought I can sell to Blackstone and I spend a lot of effort, resource, and time on that. Instead of just appreciate the time and effort they're investing in us for give us data and value and feedback, and don't think more than that on this stage. And because enterprise sales is really complicated process, in my personal opinion, I think that first time we're not supposed to do that. So if I would summarize this experience, I really think that we need to start on small opportunities, in small accounts, small checks, but see that we have some process of learning. Some quick sales cycle means a repeatability. Some sales cycle means I learn how to do this better. And after you succeed to do 20 small sales cycles, probably you will manage better your first enterprise sales. It doesn't mean that you will succeed in the enterprise sales, right? It's much more longer and complicated process, but at least you already will have from understanding and terminology and process things. I didn't know from NDA signing process to procurement signing process to how to manage POC when you have a couple of business units. So if I would summarize it, it was a good story to learn that it's a smart move not to go on the big names, trying to work with smaller accounts and see how you can get it to the next. So building blocks. You don't shoot right to the sky. You got building blocks. Nice. Also, I always, when I interview salespeople, they start saying, yeah, we sold to Citibank. And I closed the deal for Bank of America. And then I just say, I'm not trying to sell these people. I don't care about Bank of America. Tell me about one account in, I don't know, Boise, ideals that you convert in mid-market and say, I don't have something in this. So you're not relevant. When stuff goes wrong, what is your way to cope with problems? Meditation, running, something else? Like how do you get back to yourself from failures or from problems? I think, first of all, my wife is amazing. She's always supporting and it's a good place to go to. My founder is amazing. Sometimes that, that you have someone to open it, it helps you a lot. And also our board members are the same. When I have a really tough day, what I need to do is stop everything. And really, literally, I'm going to run. I really like to run. It helped me. Don't have enough time to do it. But when I have tough days, that's what I do to a little bit calm down and free the pressure. But more important is to learn from this process, is to do some research about what went wrong and better next. How can we improve for next time? That's the real question. You just made me think about something and I'm going to put you on the spot right now because I don't think I ask anyone this question. Basically, what you described to me right now is that when something happening in your life, you need someone to talk to. Your wife, your friends, your founders, your board members. So do you envision in the future you're going to have like a social work as part of startups or psychologists as part of the startups can help them to overcome problems? I don't know if you saw the, the, the billionaires in Showtime, right? And they had like a psychologist who work with the teams because the analysts under stress. I think it's a good stuff. If VC can afford it for the portfolio companies, yes, it will be really helpful. A lot of time what helped me at least is I'm working with founders. There's a big community and people always trying to help you. 
you can call someone, you can raise a question, they will definitely will help. I can guarantee definitely, and I've been in this situation like thousands of times, VCs introduce me or people introduce me to other founders who had a problem and asked for my help. Definitely if someone who listening now and he wants to just talk or just to get advice about some challenge yet, I will be the first one to say no problem to do this. So can we do support? It's important because it's not only support, it's also another brain thinking with you, how I bridge the gap. How do I solve something I'm stuck in, right? And someone who is outside the game can be like external auditor. So sometimes it can be someone who can give you really valuable advice. Great. Buddy, thank you very much. I learned a lot myself today and I hope people that are listening to us will learn as well. So thank you for being here. Thank you very much for inviting. Great. Everybody that's listening, please continue and give us some rating or comments and we'll see you in the next episode.